You're listening to the Get the Pancake Podcast, helping volleyball coaches have their best season yet. Hi, coaches. This is Whitney from the Get the Pancake Podcast, a podcast for volleyball coaches. I hope you're all doing well. I took a little break from the podcast for the holidays but I am ready to get back into it. This week, I'm going to be reading a chapter to you from my latest book, which is called Private Lessons, A Volleyball Coach's Guide to Getting Started. And I am a huge fan of this book personally because uh, I wish I would have started offering private lessons a lot sooner in my career than I actually did. I, I don't think I started until I was like six years into it or something. But once I started offering private lessons, I saw what a huge benefit they were to athletes. And also, I just had a lot of fun running private lessons. I'm going to be reading chapter eight, promoting yourself in person. And the reason this is a specific chapter is because I feel like if you're anything like me, it can be really uncomfortable to just ask outright for the lesson. Now, I realize A lot of us are going to have some challenges implementing a lot of the information in this chapter right now just because of COVID restrictions on gyms. However, I still think that this is really great information to have and we will get back to normal eventually. And once you're able to start attending matches, you will be able to use this information right away. So keep that in mind that obviously promoting yourself in person is going to work better after we're actually allowed to be in person. Um, But I think that you can use a lot of these concepts and just kind of think about these things to have more confidence in yourself as a coach and draft up your plan of attack for when things go back to normal. So I share one of the ways that I promote myself when I'm in the gym. And this chapter is all about kind of how to present yourself in the best light and how to make a good impression when you're around volleyball parents. I know we have a lot of beginner-friendly information on this podcast. Private lessons, I would suggest that you wait until at least season two or three of your coaching career before you start offering private lessons, just so you have a handle of this whole coaching thing. Because even if you were a player, coaching is a little bit different. So give yourself a year or two to just focus on coaching a team, and then you can build into offering private lessons. Okay, so with that, we'll go ahead and get started. Chapter 8, Promoting Yourself in Person, from Private Lessons, A Volleyball Coach's Guide to Getting Started. When you're trying to find players to work with, you will find out quickly that parents want to hear about your experience. Put bluntly, parents will want to know what makes you worth the money. Talk the talk. It will be good practice for you to sit down and think up an elevator pitch for yourself. If you've never heard of an elevator pitch before, it's essentially a short speech intended to inform your audience in the time it would take to ride an elevator with them. Ideally, this brief introduction takes about 30 seconds, but up to one minute is generally considered an elevator pitch. I'll give you an example of an elevator pitch, and then I'll break down how you can come up with your own. My elevator pitch. I've been coaching for over a decade now and have worked with players from five years old to 18. My favorite age to coach is 14 and under because that's when players progress beyond the basics and can start working on tactics and strategies. 
Having coached for so long, I have a good sense of what other coaches are looking for. I enjoy pushing players at their personal limit and work with families to help their athletes achieve the goals they set for themselves. Now, you won't always be asked directly, why should we take lessons with you? In fact, you may not always give your practiced elevator pitch in one go. Instead, what will most likely happen is you'll weave your pitch throughout a conversation. And to keep this conversation flowing, it is essential to know your strengths. So depending on your personality and confidence in your coaching abilities, this could be tough. I'm very confident in my coaching abilities because I've been doing it for so long. But even when I first started giving lessons, I was nervous and worried that I wasn't actually good enough to give lessons. If you are mentally tougher than me and don't need a pep talk, go ahead and skip this short list. But otherwise, let me tell you why you are most likely capable of running a great volleyball lesson. One, you care, clearly. You're doing your research, planning ahead, and you obviously want to give lessons. That's already a great start. Two, the first time you try something new, it's going to be difficult, but you will get better once you experience it and know what to expect. Three, every coach has something to contribute to the sport. You may be a great setter and can pass that knowledge on to high schoolers, or you might be extremely motivational and you'll find players who need someone to believe in them. You don't have to be great at everything to give lessons. Find an area you excel in and focus on building a client list from that. Okay, pep talk over. Now let's talk about your strengths. Defining your strengths. Strengths can be related to years of experience playing or coaching, knowledge of certain positions, how you work with a particular age group, training outside of volleyball, like physical therapists, for example, or any number of things. Here's a list of my strengths. I began coaching in 2008 and have worked with athletes of practically every age in most volleyball settings. I work especially well with 12U to 14U players. I'm able to explain confusing concepts and lead players through progressions. I teach strategy while I'm teaching skills. And I'm positive. I can stop there. Some of the coaches I've worked with in the past had these strengths. Personal trainer certification, doctor of physical therapy, played in college, played for a large club and won national championships, played for a small club that was very resourceful, they were well-connected in the coaching world and always knew about new coaching trends and strategies that were emerging. They were from a different country and brought a different perspective into their coaching. Some had coached for over 20 years, and some were fresh out of college and had recent playing experience. Literally, just think about why you're different from other coaches and you're all set. Now put those strengths into one or two short paragraphs and you've got yourself an elevator pitch. Walk the walk. If you're heading to the gym or out and about where you might run into athletes or their parents, wear volleyball coaching gear. When I walk into a gym where a volleyball match or a tournament is going on and I'm wearing my coaching gear, a parent typically approaches me. This could be to ask a quick question about what's happening in the match, but I've been asked about giving lessons, even when I had never met the person. Of course, this doesn't always happen, but you're much more likely to stand out. Even better if you're by yourself because then people will be more likely to approach you. If you do attend a local match and you're looking for lessons, strike up a conversation with parents about how well their daughter or son is doing. Point out one or two technical things they're doing well and most parents will immediately become more interested in speaking with you. 
If a parent asks what they could do better, you could point out a small change they could make. I notice she's dropping her elbow on her serve. If she could keep it up high, she'd have more power. This feedback is informative and helpful and you're not asking for anything. Yet, <laughs> you're showing this parent and anyone with an earshot that you are competent and knowledgeable. You can then point out other players who are doing it well so the parent has a visual understanding of what you're saying, not just a verbal description. Pointing out other players who are doing well could also spur new conversations with that player's parents if they're nearby. You may or may not get a lesson by going and watching a local match or tournament. Still, by increasing your visibility in the volleyball community, you are increasing your chances. Chapter 8, To-Do List. List five strengths that you have with at least two that make you stand out from other coaches in your organization or area. Write one or two paragraphs stating why someone should want to learn from you in a private lesson setting. Order a small set of business cards specifically to advertise that you offer private lessons. Watch a local match or tournament and challenge yourself to speak with at least one parent while you're there. All right, that's chapter eight from my book, Private Lessons, A Volleyball Coach's Guide to Getting Started. Again, these are short chapters. I have over 20 chapters in the book itself, so it is really broken down to specific um, situations that you encounter. Some other chapters cover things like pricing and different types of players and how to run lessons with them successfully, interacting with parents, the different types of lessons that you can offer, follow-up after a lesson, which is really important. Um, and I also include 10 drills for private lessons. These are the 10 drills that are available on getthepancake.com. But if you get the book, you get the drills inside the book. You can find this book on Amazon. I will include a link on getthepancake.com in the episode show notes. Or if you're feeling brave, you can attempt to spell my name on Amazon and you'll be able to find it. It's Whitney Bartuk, W-H-I-T-N-E-Y-B-A-R-T-I-U-K. I'm not joking. In that chapter, I mentioned that I have been approached to give lessons just by wearing my coaching clothes in a gym on tournament day. And I know it might be uncomfortable for some people to go into a gym by yourself. I know I always prefer to have a coaching buddy or two with me. But if you're on your own, people are okay with approaching you and you're kind of free to float around too. And check out different matches and strike up different conversations. And, you know, if if someone asks you, you know, oh, like, are, are you coaching a team? What are you doing here? <laughs> you, you just say, oh, I'm a local coach. I'm just really involved in the volleyball community here. So I was just stopping in to check out some of the athletes and see how this group's progressing. And one last thing I want to mention is that parents really enjoy talking to coaches that aren't their child's coach. And... I think that that is because if a parent asks me a question, you know, about playing time or what the rules are, it's not going to impact their child directly. A lot of parents are afraid to ask their coach questions and some coaches even just avoid parents, which I think is a little silly. They can be a great person to have kind of on your side, but parents don't feel like they have to censor themselves when they're asking another random coach. And obviously, we coaches always extend a certain amount of courtesy. You know, if we say, oh, well, this is how playing time works. And then a parent says, well, that's not what my coach does. You know, you kind of back up what the other coach is doing. We don't want to throw them under the bus. We can offer reasons why they might be doing something a certain way. 
um, or encourage that parent to go and talk to the coach themselves if if you're not sure why they're doing something a certain way. But those conversations in a group, that's why I encourage you to have uh, business cards there at the end because you will get asked for a business card if you're going to the gym. If you don't have one, that's okay. Just get their phone number or a good email address and make sure to follow up with them that evening or the next morning. That way it's fresh in their mind that they talked to you and they were interested in a lesson. Again, there's a lot more in the book. I encourage you to get a copy for yourself. Everyone's seasons are kind of all over the place this year, so I don't know if now is a good time for you to be giving private lessons or not, but Getting the book will allow you to sort of mentally prepare, and then once it is a good time for you to give lessons, you'll be ready. I mention it in the book, but a couple of great times to give lessons are times like in the summer when players are preparing for high school tryouts or over like winter break, spring break. And then shortly after club season starts, that's when players start to think, oh, I want to get more playing time. I need more lessons. I encourage you to not work with your own athletes. And again, that's in the book. But if you work with players from your own team, then parents have certain expectations about what a lesson means, or if they're not taking lessons and don't get playing time, then they blame it on the lessons. And it's best to just avoid that, which is why you need to go out and find new players, new families in the volleyball community outside of your own team. Again, this will be linked in the show notes on getthepancake.com. I hope you all have a fantastic week ahead, and I can't wait to have you back for another episode of the Get the Pancake podcast. 